0: It's another Wednesday. The boys are here. I've got our vet Dr. Bob and I've also got Denny Bos here. Good afternoon to you, to our vet Dr. Bob. What's going on with headphones? You've been exchanging headphones. We're just
1: (laughs) having a little bit of trouble, but it's okay. We haven't lost our heads. We've just lost a place to put our ears.
0: A little bit of trouble. Yes, I'm going
1: to talk about aggression types today, (laughs) if that was the question, Dave.
0: Aggression (laughs) types of dogs, I won't say anymore. What about you, Denny? How are you going?
2: I'm going fine. Uh, You know, a bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we'll get over it. It's okay.
0: Thanks for sharing that with us. And we'll be sharing calls with you and information. All you have to do is give us a call, 49216216. It's Pet Chat at 2NURFM 103.7. It's Pet Chat. It's 20 past 12. And joining us right now is a special guest with Denny Boz.
2: Yes, it is, Dave. We've got Melissa Dean. Now, she'll be a regular on our show because she will be our pure breed dog expert. Because she is everything to do with pure breeds and dogs and showing them, looking after coated dogs breeds that's breeds who've got a long coat and they're always difficult to look after nutrition when it comes to good nutrition with them as well um, and talking about the different breed types and today we'll talk about her particular favorite breed which is Border Collies hello Melissa hello Danny how are you today good good now Border Collies so how many years have you been breeding and showing Border Collies
3: I've been in love with and living with Border Collies for 17 years now.
2: I like the way you put that, I've been in love.
3: <laughs> I have, yes.
2: <laughs> 17 years? Yes. Oh, okay, I guess you would have seen a lot of things happen in I've those I've seen times.
3: the development of the breed yep. just immensely just in the last 17 years alone. Yep.
2: What, for people who might not know, what do they look like?
3: They're, the best way to describe a Border Collie um, is that they're a medium-sized dog with a long coat. Um, they're very, very intelligent. In fact, they're more intelligent than most people I know.
2: Oh, okay.
4: um,
3: <laughs> they come in many colours, but people identify best with them as the black and white Border Collie that you've seen in the movie Babe or yes. uh, yeah, on every suburban street.
2: <laughs> That's right. The black and white is popular, but there are a few other colours, isn't it?
3: There are, um, you can get them, they come in a rainbow of colours, they come wow. in blue and white, red and white, chocolate and white, blue merl, black tri, uh and they're the registered colours.
4: I
0: like a brindle, can you get a brindle?
4: <laughs> no. Oh, oh you <laughs> no. <lost> me. Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: That's his favourite question.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good
2: to be brindle, no. <laughs> He even, ask that, that even asks me that about Weimaranas. Can you oh get them in God. Brindle?
0: I'm hoping for a golden retriever Brindle one day, but I'm not having much luck there.
2: No, I
3: don't think... I think golden <laughs> may just be a bit of a hint there.
4: <laughs> I, think, I, think
1: <laughs> an issue if, I think that, David, is going to be an animal welfare issue if you're going to paint all your dogs um, Brindle colours. I just don't think that's... Look, I
0: just like Brindle,
4: OK? <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't
2: you listen to him, Melissa. I think it's because <laughs> it goes well with his motorbike.
3: Oh, right. Border collies go well with everything.
2: They do, that's right, black and white, always in fashion, aren't they?
3: Yes, they're monochrome, they go well with everything.
2: So what's the history of the breed, Melissa, and what was it bred to do?
3: They originated from the border of England and Scotland, hence the name, Border Collie. Wow. Um, They were introduced into Australia in the early 1900s and attended their first dog show here in 1907. I wasn't at that show, sadly, (laughs) I was working here that day. Okay. Yes. Um... They're highly intelligent. In fact, um, it's you know been well reported they are the most intelligent breed of dog. That's why I own them, Um, and they're known as the premier sheep herding dogs. So um, you know the shepherds and herdsmen loved uh, the border collie, and it was well known that, and a bit of an old farmer's tale that they travelled to Australia on the back of the sheep. So that's what they're well known for, but they excel at any canine sport.
2: I guess with their smarts, they would. So how would you, like, like, because they're intelligent, do they require a lot of extra care? They,
3: they're not the average dog and they are certainly not the breed for everybody. Um, they do require training. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to live a happy, harmonious life with a Border Collie, you must train them. Um, they're always looking for a job to do. So if you don't give them a job to do, they will find one themselves, and most times it's probably something you would prefer they didn't do. So...
2: I I love the way you put that, (laughs) very good, they're not not, uh, lazy dogs.
3: Oh, absolutely not lazy, no, they require active, active families.
2: So, okay, that was my next question, being that they are a breed that requires a lot of activity and exercise, what type of family would suit buying a Border Collie?
3: They integrate well into most families and most homes. As long as you live an active lifestyle and you are prepared to involve your dog in, you know, in all of your everyday activities, there's certainly not a breed that you can just put in your backyard and feed every day, Um, they would become very, very destructive and and quite neurotic, so uh, if you're prepared to integrate the dog into your home life and and take it to training and walk it and give it plenty of exercise and companionship, they're the perfect dog. But if you just don't think you can do that, I would steer away from a Border Collie.
2: Now, over the years, you, you mentioned that the the breed has improved and it's been worked on by the breeders. Are there any common health issues that we need to know about?
3: Sadly, with with many breeds of dogs, there are a few health issues with the Border Collie. But luckily, um, the Border Collie clubs in Australia have worked really hard with the University of New South Wales and a few other places to develop some tests for the major problems. So we're seeing them slowly be eradicated from the breed now. And those, those, we have three main ones that we test for, and that is CEA, which is an eye problem, Mm -hmm. CL, which is a neurological problem, and TNS, which is a which is a Problem as well, but luckily we now have DNA tests available to test all of our breeding stock. So we should never, if you buy your dog from a reputable breeder, you should never ever see that problem again in the breed.
2: So, I guess, what are some possible questions that a person might ask of a breeder if they're interested uh, good in border collies? Yeah.
3: Um, I, would, I would recommend that anybody who is looking for a border collie and uh, rang a like found a breeder and was speaking to them, make sure that you do question them about the health testing they do on their dogs. So some good questions to ask them is um, ask the breeder if their dogs have been hip and elbow x-rayed and scored um, and you want a low score and this this helps prevent hip dysplasia and OCD, which is elbow dysplasia. Mm -hmm. So you, you would want the breeding stock to have that I would ask the breeder what the health statistics were for the the, the dog and the, the girl dog um, for CL, CEA and TNS and we would want either a clear result or one could be a carrier. because It doesn't matter. If you put a clear to a carrier, you can never breed an affected. So you know with all confidence if they have those tests and the required results, that your puppy can't possibly get that disease.
2: What are some of the websites people can look up um, on um, the breed, the club website? I think
3: websites? the best website in in New South Wales would be the Border Collie Club of New South Wales. Mm. If you Google that or go to um, we that website has all the information that you could possibly want to know about Border Collies, we have a puppy sales page where members of our breed club can list their puppies available for sale, and they are only allowed to put them on our website if they have done all of that testing I just spoke okay. about. Okay, wow, so,
2: fantastic! Yeah. Now, one last question: Can you tell us of a special ah. moment or a funny moment that's happened with your doggies?
3: Well, they're border collies, so I could I could bore you for hours with funny stories about my dogs. But one that comes to mind is probably one of the earliest ones. Um, we were relatively new to the breed, and we were getting more dogs than our suburban house could manage. So we decided to buy some acreage. Um, so we bought a lovely little piece of land, um, you know, semi-rural. Yes. And we were having fences erected before we moved in. And the local shop was having a pool trying to guess what we were actually bringing to the property.
2: Okay. And the
3: front runner were llamas.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: yes. So, sadly, they all lost out. Not one person thought of Border Collie.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: the fences were lovely and they cost a lot of money and they kept our dogs contained for one day. Now, oh, okay. I said they were smart, there you go. One
2: fences. day.
3: One day, and then they were off in the paddock next door with very expensive horses. So yes, we had to rectify that fairly quickly.
2: <laughs> uh, one other thing is you were mentioning something about um, you're trying to do some training for for being a judge in yes. the show dog arena. Yeah, that's right. And what's what's the breeding, breed or, or the sorry the group that you're looking at?
3: I'm looking. Well, I'm a trainee judge, so I've passed the first lot of exams. And it's for the working dog group, which is the group that my border collies belong to. Okay. So my husband, you know, he thinks he's very clever and he actually is already um, licensed to judge the working dog group. So I'm a little behind him because I much prefer to show. I'm a <laughs> bit of a show-off. So. <laughs> he can be the judge. I like to show up with the dogs. So. Good on you. But it is the working dog group that I'm working towards.
2: Well, look, um, it's so great to have you as a regular on our show, and uh, I already have some, some things in store that we can talk about next time. All right. Anyway. Thank you very much for that, Melissa.
3: My pleasure Anytime. time.
0: Bye. There you go. Our special guests will be joining us from time to time, which is great news. It is Pet Chat now. Would you like to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you. We've got our vet, Dr. Bob, here. He'll be taking your calls on 49216216. Go to the phone. We'll come back with your call soon. Newcastle and the Hunter Valleys, 2 URFM103.7. 103.7. It is a Wednesday afternoon, which means pet chat. If you'd like to give us a call, 49216216 is our phone number. We'd love to hear from you. We've got our vet here, uh, Dr. Bob. And we had a call a little earlier. They couldn't stay on, but uh, this is basically the question for you, Dr. Bob. Uh, Barry has a dog uh, named Mutley, two and uh, a half or three years old, box across, very frightened of water and won't swim and wants to know what he could do to maybe encourage the, the dog to swim. Boxes usually aren't too
1: bad in water. Um, you'll have some dogs, um, maybe staffies, they're very good at walking along the bottom of the pool and maybe not so good at floating along the top and swimming. Border collie, like we're just talking about, golden retrievers, they love it. Mm-hmm. Boxes, yeah, a bit more heavily built, so sometimes not as happy. Depends on the water. Some animals will be happy in lake-type water where there's no waves. Sometimes beach with the the waves, they get very scared of the noise and the unpredictability of it. So gradually walk the dog along the beach further away from the water then gradually walk it closer give it some treats or play close to the water well out of the the reach of the waves and then gradually get their feet wet and get them used to it if you've got another dog that the dog gets on well with then take it as well so that it gets used to it with a playmate and hopefully then you're acclimatizing it getting it used to that little bit of water but certainly it is an indicator that the animal will have anxiety issues in other areas like dogs that eat grass or lick their feet a lot, or tend to hide when people come into the room. Often when they're filling out questionnaires, they say, "Okay, they're they're okay at the lake or in water where it's just still, but in the beach it's the sound, it's the extra noises, the birds, and it just sets them off too many triggers. So Mm. take it very slowly, Barry, and hopefully that'll um, help your dog Muttley to feel a little bit better. But if you can, uh, a playmate. Now, what about your topic
0: today? Let's discuss that, if we could, please.
1: We're going to talk about aggression last week. We we're talking about some of the signs of, of how a dog might look when it freezes and changes its stance or lowers itself or its head. That's when to worry. So there's a number of different types. As people we like to put things in categories. So some of the main ones are fear aggression, territorial aggression, social aggression to other animals, impulse control aggression and inter-animal aggression. So they're the main ones. Fear aggression is when the animal is uncertain it will sort of make a bit of a lunge at you but then back away a bit of a lunge or chase and then run behind the person or behind a tree so they're not that sure or if you're actually holding it and invade its personal space so when they go to the vet and they just get so wound up and they can't cope that's a fear-based and anxiety problem Um, With territorial, you know the story, the postman rides past, the dog goes, and the postman drives off, and the dog goes, and and it thinks it wins, so it's it's done a great job. That can be varied, and usually I find aggression will be more towards men than women. Don't really know the reason, I guess, because men are a bit scarier (laughs) than women generally. So uh, watch the animal, particularly around men, boys especially, because, again, they're a bit more unpredictable. Um, the other type, social aggression, so when they're not happy with other dogs that they don't really know in the park, they can often, I uh, think, just lately I'm thinking that some dogs like this will cope with about three to five other dogs in the park, but when that flips over the edge, and there's more than that, they either can't see what they're all doing at once, some of them will just shut down, they'll come and stand behind their owner and just fall into a blob of jelly, others will then try and chase or, or bite the other ones. So every animal's different, but the more you socialise the animal early, the better it is.
0: What, what message is a dog sending when it's playing in the backyard with a little child, maybe three or four, and they're running and the little kid's running, running, dog's running after it, but then uh, we'll jump up and knock the kid over. What message is it sending?
1: It's, to the... All children under 10 should be supervised around animals. Yeah. So if you can't whistle your dog back to you and away from the child, then you need to put it on lead. But it is just bouncing, moving objects are what dogs focus on. So if the child stands still and puts, folds their arms across their chest and and looks down but knows where the dog is and moves around sideways then to the animal, then that's much safer. But it, the dog is, yeah, in a potential arousal situation, it loses self-control. So it means that it's more likely to perhaps nip or jump up if it actually jumps up from behind then it's a bit more scared or it just might be wanting the child to stay still. It's like the play police. It wants to come home and say, no, you're not allowed to play in this. I'm involved. Let's get a toy. Or if they they jump up from in front, then that's really pushy and impulse control issues. So they really are very unpleasant about um, the way they're dealing with children. They should definitely not be around kids.
0: Oh, okay then. Now we've got a message here from John who uh, called through but we lost him on the mobile. Uh, he's got uh, two dogs that only seem to walk in a triangular area in the yard and he'd like to know how to get them to break the habit.
1: Walk in a particular triangle on the grass or the, the yard is shaped in like in a triangle? triangular or? area in the yard. Have to teach
2: them some new geometry. I think so. It sounds like a math <laughs>
1: lesson to me. Um, animals are very... they love habits. They love routines. So if they're actually pacing a particular fence line or they walk up to the clothesline, they walk to the side gate, they walk to the back door and that might be what he's talking about and he will actually have a track along his grass in that particular way. You can put objects in the way and just distract them to other areas or it might be that they're very sensitive and they don't like getting their feet wet so there's a nice concrete um, path that they, they walk on. Really, it means that they need to get outside and walk more. They need to be out on lead, go for a walk, look at all the other different things around in life rather than just focusing on that very small area. So often we think that, uh, as, as Melissa said before, if you've got to board a board collie, you've got to give it good exercise. Otherwise, it will get up to mischief. Hmm. So two dogs in the yard, they will play a bit, but you need to give them things to do. An old coffee table, so they can play billy goat gruff, who's highest on that, or hide under it. Uh, clamshell, pool, water in it. So they can jump in and, and that sort of thing. Some some toys to play with, tug of war, old towels or bed sheets, cardboard boxes are great because they can actually destroy them and that's really just compost for the garden after that as long as you take the staples and the sticky tape out. But it's, uh, it's yeah, watching to see how the dog's behaving. They probably sound as though they need some more interaction, some more time with the owner. Little bits of time inside, on lead if they haven't been in before so that they're controlled and then off lead when they're good
0: but they certainly sound like they need to get out a little bit more. If you'd like to give us a call, 49216216, Pet Chat at 2NURFM. Easy listening, 2NURFM 103.7, Pet Chat this afternoon, and we're taking your calls on 49216216. Kathy joins us right now for Dr Bob. Cathy, how can I help you?
5: Hello, Dr Bob. I have a black and white border collie named Zeus, and he would be 16-year-old.
4: Oh, that's good age.
5: What is the expectant, um, or, well, not that I want anything to happen to him, um, but the um, average age that they actually will live to?
1: 12 to 14, so he's actually already doing very well. It depends on how much they've actually run around. So because border collies love exercise, they need to run. It also means, like footballers, that they're going to have arthritis issues. So
5: He has got arthritis, and what I find now, he is finding it hard. He can't even run. Like, he's finding it hard to actually get up and down.
4: Yep. So, um, so very and,
5: he, and the front two legs are really, like, what they say, it's splayed down, so...
1: The, the, yeah, the wrist is sort of flopping down to the ground because of the lack of calcium and strength in the tendons.
5: Yes. And, I mean, it? he has been a very active dog over the years, but uh, I've just noticed now as he's getting a lot older and... Yeah, be, um, be a very really good slowing down
1: and be a very yeah. good idea to take him down to your local vet to get a checkup done.
5: Uh, yes, yeah, so I do constantly. Yes, good. he's and always yeah, there. Yes. Lots so of things I,
1: we, lots of things we can do these days to actually give them injections to help with arthritis um, and fish oil and pain relief. There's some really good pain relief out that you only give every second day or weekly or even monthly. That keeps the pain relief and anti-inflammatory drug at a low level. Gentle exercise, walk him just a little bit up a couple of houses and back in. Don't force him to run too much, but very good to just do whole body stroking. So from his head to shoulders, to his rump, up his tail. So he's actually stretching and moving. And the more he does that, the more mobile he is, so the more he can focus on each day. As they're getting older as well, be careful of constipation with arthritis. They don't can't um, push as
0: easily because of the pain. So make sure you add a little bit of oil or have him on a special old-age um, dog diet. Good on you, Kathy. Thank you for giving us a call today on Pet Chat. The number is 49216216. If you'd like to get through, we'll come back next. So now, Dr. Bob, a question for you. What about a dog that won't stop eating? <laughs> won't stop
1: eating when it gets to the bowl or it's a Labrador or it's... OK, just it won't stop eating. So it is a whole range of different possibilities that could be there... Sometimes I'd certainly be getting a medical check done to make sure it's not diabetes, that the insulin is a
0: bit... Tell, of, uh, tell us more. It's Ilona, isn't it?
4: Yes, good morning, Tell Dr. us Bob. more,
0: my dear. We need to know why he won't stop eating.
4: Well, when I say she won't stop eating, she'll just eat from her bowl. that's fine. But then she goes outside and she finds whatever she can eat out there
5: and eats out there. She even eats her own poo. Uh, okay. The, which I've even tried to put chilli on top of it so she won't eat it.
1: And what sort of a dog is she?
5: Well, she's a tennis terrier cross um, something.
1: Okay. And has um, she always been like this or it's sudden change?
5: No, she's been like that since the day we got
1: her. Okay. Sometimes it can be that she might have been the runt of the litter, so she had to fight for everything that she got. And she so was she, the runt? Yeah. She was yeah and they certainly come with more attitude. it's actually why farmers choose the run of the litter from herding dogs because they have more attitude they will work harder to mm-hmm. to do the stuff for them. What I would do is actually restrict the food that she's got, but break it up in small amounts through the day. Don't leave the yep. dry food out all the time, chuck a bit in the in the in the kennel, put a little bit under a wrapped up in a towel out in the yard and oh, later... see, i
5: have two I have two dogs I have a, a jack Russell. Yep. So I leave the food out for, for both of them, which I find he doesn't touch until I come home. Yep. Um, but the minute I'm in that front door, she's like, yahoo! And it's all gone within minutes.
1: Okay. So yeah, you need to have a couple of sources of the food so they don't just go around the one bowl. Um, mm-hmm. so they don't have any issues with each other. Make sure yep. that you break that food up into little bits. The Jack Russell, because he is eating when you get back, there are separation issues, so he's actually panicking or on guard duty while you're not there. So try and spread things out. Eating the poo with the Tenefield Terrier Cross is an anxiety issue. It happens more in golden retriever, Labrador types, but it is that they're sort of cleaning up was the original sort of, we think, instinct, but it has just been carried away. But putting things on top of that, waste of time. Pick up the poo every day so that there's none out there for them. But, yeah, try and split the food up into little bits, but I would get a veterinary check to make sure there's no health issues.
0: OK, thank you for that. Now, another call for you, Dr. Bob. We've got Sue joining us. Sue, how can I help you?
4: Oh, good afternoon. Look, I've just got um, two dogs, a German head Pointer and a Tenterfield Terrier, and I'm a gardener, and every time I go to Spade their heads are in just about where I'm digging <laughs> the curl grubs. And I'm wondering, you have no idea how many they eat or and, and they dig, they're like, they should be truffle dogs because they know where they are. Can they hurt them?
1: Um, if they... Can too... they
4: hurt, I mean, the dogs that are eating them, yep. can, do they have any side effects for the dogs from eating curl grubs?
1: Not really. As long, okay. If they eat too many, yes, it mightn't be good, but really, dogs are omnivores. They can eat anything. Um, meat, vegetable matter, grubs, whatever as long as they don't eat too many as long as you haven't poisoned them
4: I, ha- I don't use poisons.
1: no, and, no and, and I don't
4: use poisons. and also I was listening to that other lady can you tell me, um, like I'm on a farm and I've got a, a shed cat and one dog eats the cat dung and it makes us repulsive if she can get to it is that going to hurt her? I mean a worm, the dogs, the cats, us, everything good but
1: Every school holiday is a good time to worm, actually, I do. While, while we're I in school kids. holidays. Kids. kids
4: are big kids now, but I've always <laughs> done
1: that. You should send them in a, a, a worm, tablet, in the in the, in the mail. Oh, no. <laughs> so
4: uh, do- can that hurt? Can the dog eating the cat dung, can that hurt? Not,
1: hurt? not really. Um, okay. Cats are omnivores, but they have no sense of taste whatsoever. So when people want to actually have all these special diets and things and spend a fortune on special dog food, they will go next door and eat the cat poo. So um, They can transmit some parasites, so it's not good to to let them do it. And I'd say it's the German short hair pointer that's doing it. And it's just, yeah, it tastes good and it's something that they do. The digging that they're doing, great fun. It's why people always have their plants dug up when they've been gardening. Because when you think about it, you've been moving the soil, it smells different. Your hands are over the plant, over the soil. And so they think, oh, great, what was Mum and Dad doing here? Let's, oh, we need to investigate this. Huh, what were they doing with that? Oh, well, <laughs> toss it away. So, so digging is really good fun, but if you can, refocus them on an area which hasn't actually been ploughed yet, and that way... <laughs> You're getting them to do the uh, the digging for you.
0: Thank you very much for your call, Sue. It is Pet Chat this afternoon. Now, Danny, we are getting some cooler mornings and some cooler nights. We're having some beautiful days. We are. So those that like to walk their dogs normally go out of a morning mm-hmm. or of a night. Is it that time where we should be starting to think, especially with the short-haired uh, dogs, we've got to get a nice warm coat on there or a vest for them or something?
2: Well, it is the season for it. And we find in, in, in the retail stores that as soon as there's a cold snap dog jackets just fly out the door mm-hmm. and as always there's lots of fashionable choices lots of fashionable choices to choose from to the point where i think they've come a long way in terms of how they look and the style and the fashion that dogs don't that don't even need dog jackets like huskies mm-hmm. get bought beautiful dog Oh, jackets. they're trendy now yeah <laughs> it's, it's a look <laughs> oh no so Poor believe it or not yes <laughs> so, um but because they're such fashionable jackets, yes, you see, yeah. and the great thing is, is they they're available in different colours, of mm. course, different materials. But if you do walk your dog at night, there's ones with reflective stitching,
1: yes, very, which good. is
2: really good and very important. There's waterproof ones, non-waterproof ones, then the ones with uh, nice wool underneath, our fleecy. Also, jumpers. You can get doggy jumpers mm. now, and that can be fairly comfortable because it's a nice snug fit. Um, there's no buckles or anything like that that stand out and protrude and make it uncomfortable for the dog to, to lie on their bed.
1: Danny, do you sell matching clothing, so for the dog <laughs> and for the person, or not quite yet?
2: <laughs> uh, well, actually, funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> there, there was, a couple of years back, a company that did release uh, matching clothing. And what it was, it was a dog coat, but then it had a matching scarf for the owner.
0: Nice. Oh, that's that was okay. a really that's lovely fine. touch. <laughs> yeah.
2: Unfortunately, they've never released it again, so maybe it wasn't as popular as they thought. What
0: about a, a tartan? Like a tartan for your Scottish Terry to, <laughs> to match the kilt. You know, you've got the kilt on your... Or it might be a bit Definitely fresh,
2: available. Yeah, yes, yeah. tartans are very popular. Yeah. The one that's quite popular at the moment is the Dryzerbone, the skin yes. Dog oh, Coat. Yeah. Because they're, of all the
1: rain, we've had mm, too, yeah.
2: Mm, and they're very, very good. So, yeah, it's all available. One other thing this time of year that does... Um, make life a lot more comfortable for older dogs is joint support uh, products. So there's powders or tablets you can get, or even treats that have got glucosamine and chondroitin in them.
0: Fish oil,
1: uh, yeah.
2: So that helps with their joints, and if they're a bit arthritic, and it just gives them that comfort.
0: Righto, guys, out of time again. Thank you so much for this week. My pleasure, Thank Dave. you.